Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to City Church U's Knowing God Guided Reading Podcast. We hope you will join us this holiday season as we read J.I. Packer's modern classic, Knowing God. All right. Hey, guys, we are diving into chapter 20 of Knowing God, entitled Thou Are Our Guide. Um, This is definitely a conversation that requires a lot of nuance, and we'll talk about that as we go through this chapter, but we hope that you enjoyed it and that it was helpful for you. He opens up this chapter, we're just talking about how people have no doubt that God is able to both lead and to feed as they ask, is what he says, but they remain anxious because they are not certain of their own receptiveness to the guidance that God offers. And he says that the belief in divine guidance is real rests upon two foundational uh, facts. First, the reality that God has a plan, and second, the ability to communicate that. Um, So really what we're starting to get into now with knowing God is how do we know what God's plan is? How do we know what God desires for us to do? This is kind of the conversation of seeking God or seeking God's guidance that really I think is super relevant because so many college students over the years have have come to various members of staff trying to figure out, like, what does God want in my life and what does Mm -hmm. it look like? And um, so I think, like, at the the onset of this— something just important for all of us to remember is a lot of times we put a lot of effort and energy and thought into asking questions like, where should I live? Which person should I date? Which person should I marry? What job should I take? And we don't put as much time thinking into the very big, important, significant things that God uh, reveals to us in his word of more of like, what type of husband should I be? Yeah. What type of spouse? What type of friend? What type of church member? What city? Or I'm not, or what type of uh, neighbor? What type of, you know, fill in the blank. These kind of these big block things. So I think it's just kind of at the onset of this conversation too, just realizing how much of God's will has already been revealed to us that's relevant for our life. But as we kind of get into that, um, with with y'all reading this chapter, what did you find was most helpful for you in thinking through this? I think the most helpful thing for thinking through this chapter for me was the chapter on wisdom. They kind of play together um, hmm. nicely, but it it is such a, like such an interesting question because it's like, how do I know what God wants me to do with my life? And it's just. It often comes into my head, um, and it's a question that I've asked our pastors mm-hmm. here at this staff before, uh, especially when I first came uh, to church here. And so just thinking through how does wisdom, godly wisdom, play into decision-making? Mm-hmm. How does the Word and the Holy Spirit play into decision-making? And where should I like put most of the weight? Because I don't want to lean too far one way or the mm-hmm. other. So. Mm, that's yeah. good. This was kind of my first really deep dive into mm-hmm. this sort of the 
well, really like the work of the Holy Spirit, but what are the ripple effects of that? Mm -hmm. And what are the dangers Mm -hmm. um, in wrong thinking or Mm -hmm. wrong theology on that? So I just, yeah, I mean, I was, I was really keyed in on this, but um, I felt good like coming to the, by coming to the end of the chapter and just uh, Packer gave us a really great overview. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and he does say, you know, that we, we believe that God has a plan. We believe that God can communicate. And we also believe that it's not just a plan that's like a large scale plan, but also that God has a plan for uh, even the minute, smaller things of everyday life, that, 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 that all of this kind of rests underneath God's sovereignty. Um, and, and Packer talks about how a lot of times when people are reading the, the scriptures, and this is certainly uh, where a lot of college students are coming from, they're thinking about things like where the scriptures speak about Paul being led to Corinth, and they're wondering, they're looking for a similar type of thing, like how is God going to basically give me some sort of sign, some sort of showing that... Um, I, I need to move to this city, take this job, date this person, fill in the blank. And he does a good job of th- that. There's a lot of nuance around that and in, in the ways in which God communicates and prompts and presses and uh, believers today. There's a lot of nuance and even pastors here at City Church have different ways that, that we believe that might be fleshed out and what that might look like or the significance of that or probability of that. But he does a good job of kind of warning us of looking for these kind of um, mystic kind of mm-hmm. Tinkerbell, you know, kind <laughs> of pointing us in a direction view. And so we're going to unpack like, okay, well, what is Packer trying to help us understand about this? So this is what he says on the danger um, side of things when when talking about receipt, receiving guidance. He says, um, the consequences of this mistake among earnest Christians have been both comic and tragic. The idea of a life in which an inward voice of the Spirit decides and directs everything sounds most attractive. So just pause there that, you know, we would know we'd wake up and God would use some sort of inward voice, sign in the stars, go to Atlanta, take the job in Atlanta, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so he says this, he continues, he says, for it seems to exalt the Spirit's ministry and to, pro- uh, to promise the closest intimacy with God. That that's like an, that, that what he's saying is that that is like a way to be in tune with the Lord, so close to the Lord that I knew exactly which internship to take. Mm-hmm. And that, that is attractive, and that seems great. But he says this, but in, in the practice, this quest, and I think that's a great word for it, for super spirituality leads us only to frantic bewilderment or lunacy. So he's kind of warning us of this over emphasis on trying to look for some sort of inward voice guidance that kind of leads us. And one of the things that he um, makes very clear is one, that as people of the word, that everything should rest under what God has revealed and spoken in the scriptures. And I had mentioned that our staff and pastors and leaders here at City Church sometimes have just different nuances about how we think the Holy Spirit might uh, personally convict or lead individuals on different things like vocational opportunities. Um, We all agree that the scriptures are supreme, that, that God would never lead somebody to do something against the scriptures, Mm -hmm. uh, what he's already revealed. And really that it is, and all of us would also agree that it's very dangerous to be looking for this kind of 
you know, super spiritualized to use his word, um, view that God is going to like specifically tell us each thing to do mm-hmm. in a way that's miraculous. And so, um, Here's what he says on 2.36. I want us to see this and kind of spend our time here because I believe we were discussing this before. I believe this is like the linchpin of what's happening here in the chapter. He says, The true way to honor the Holy Spirit as our guide is to honor the Holy Scriptures through which he guides us. The fundamental guidance which God gives to shape our lives, the instilling, that is, of the basic convictions, attitudes, ideals, and value judgments in terms of which we are to live is not a matter of inward promptings apart from the word, but of the pressure of our consciousness or consciences of the portrayal of God's character and will in the word, which the spirit enlightens us to understand and apply to ourselves. So just kind of restate that point that we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and he is our guide. And what, what Packer is saying here is that as we study the scriptures, as we mature in the scriptures and understanding of the scriptures, it shapes us and matures us and grows us in a way that's less about what do I do with this job, but more about how do I think about life and decisions and wisdom in general. And to kind of tie that back to what he was saying before, even though this doesn't seem as spirit, quote-unquote spiritual mm-hmm. or as fantastical, is that is that a word? Fantastical. It is. I now. think it is. I think yeah. it's a word. Um, as the other, the kind of inward prompting, God gave me a sign in the stars to take this job, versus like the Holy Spirit guided me and has shaped me through the teaching of His Word to know how to think about jobs, and that and yeah. thus has led me to this. Um, that's such an important key to this to this verse. How how do you guys feel like? How do we try to to be the kind of people who fight that inclination to look for? signs and everything and actually try to have the proper value of the scriptures in in our guidance. I really liked what he had to say about just managing our really what we could call our expectations of divine guidance. Like what exactly am I waiting for? Like what qualifies as a sign from God? And I just think if we're not careful, we can really like create our own Mm. you know, quote unquote divine guidance that is completely apart from God or yeah. from mm-hmm. the spirit working in us. Um, and so in, in him talking through the dangers, but also really solidly attaching the thought of divine guidance or the importance of divine guidance in unity with mm-hmm. um, scripture that we can't, it's like, that is where we can be anchored mm-hmm. and not waver in that sort of like wishy-washy, fantastical yeah. world of signs and dreams and wonders. And and it's not that God is not capable of, of God. You know, we just have to be careful in like putting limitations on God. Mm-hmm. But what we where we can rest is in what you were talking about, Hunter, mm-hmm. in growing our own disciplines and being in God's word very intentionally and almost kind of patiently waiting um, and watching how does this transform my everyday decision making or maybe the big decisions in my life um, that that is actually 
like the telltale sign yeah. of the spirit working in us. That's a, and that's a great point. Even as you said that, like the, the, the idea of like, we want to, we want to know, am I being receptive back to the opening of the chapter? Am I being receptive to the Holy Spirit's work in my life? You know, yeah. my wife and I, we just, we just moved and we went through that whole conversation. And I certainly think too, just like when you realize the, the significance of the bigger plan and the bigger things of scripture, it puts in perspective, like the smaller things of our life, like the significance of, where I live and what like building materials I live in, you know, and just what piece of land I live on, you know, but to to use that, to, to use the example of what you're saying, Amanda, I think just to help the the listeners to kind of flesh this out in life is, you know, we're thinking about moving, we're discussing moving. And I think the inclination is like, I'm looking for a sign from God. So maybe I like say a prayer, like God, like show me where you want me to live. And then I get in the car and I drive and there's a for sale sign and there it is, you know, (laughs) and that seems so spiritual and it seems so miraculous and it's kind of Hollywood. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's somatic. We we turn like a coincidence into a sign from God. Exactly. Versus, you know, the actual way that that we came about that decision was like my wife and I, we did pray about it. We thought about it. We discussed like all of our options and we Mm -hmm. thought through it. And as I've grown over the years and I've studied the scriptures and I've been a part of Christian community and the Holy Spirit has guided me into maturity and and into wisdom, then we made a decision out of that wisdom and out of that maturity to our best ability. That doesn't seem as spiritual but I should credit the spirit there, mm-hmm. you know, and I should recognize that God, that, that the spirit's work and guidance, uh, guiding us is through our sanctification, maturity, mm-hmm. like Hank mentioned, wisdom. I think that's kind of that linchpin um, section here in 236. Yeah. Any, any thoughts, Hank? Yeah, I mean, like you said, people seem to think that making decisions based upon what we know about God's character, as he says, in the w- and will in the word, is somehow a less spiritual form of decision-making. Mm. But how would that be so if, in order to make a decision, we find ourselves praying more mm-hmm. because we don't hear some audible voice from God? So we're praying more, then we're seeking the word more to understand God's character more, and so how do I reflect that in this decision? Mm. So at the end, by the time you make the decision, you've spent more time in prayer, you've spent more time in the Word trying to understand who God is to see what decision you should make. So therefore, you're closer to Him, and the decision has been much more spiritual than you know you sitting there praying for 15 minutes, and God tells you exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. It ends up being a more spiritual process of yeah. decision-making and of actually letting the Holy Spirit guide you and trusting in Him in these decisions. So. Yeah, and I think realizing that the weight of God's redemptive plan does not rest upon which city you move to after college. Mm-hmm. That as big of a decision that feels like for you, you realize that like that you can't thwart God's plan, that you can't mess up his sovereignty, and that what he's called us to do, and this goes back to that wisdom section is you know, he's called us to, wisdom is taking that and, and using what we can see right in front of us to take the information, to know, like to, to live life as faithfully as possible with what's right in front of us. And a lot of times we want an out because we want the magic eight ball to tell us exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. And it removes what you were just saying, Hank, the actual process of having to, to work through a mature Christian way of making decisions. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of transitions us to these common pitfalls that he mentions on page 237. And the first one he says is the unwillingness to think. 
Like, <laughs> I don't want to so think funny. about it, yeah. you know? I just want God to tell me. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think that would be very convenient, but that's not how God has deemed yeah. it so. Yeah. Um, and the second one is the unwillingness to think ahead, you know? <laughs> I mean... Long-term plans. Um, yeah. Well, when y'all were thinking about moving, you know, you do mm-hmm. have to think about there's there's benefits to like certain areas, you know, how long am I going to spend in the car? Well, what's mm-hmm. important to us as a family? And you really do have to go through that list and think long term. I think mm-hmm. that like guards us from making, you know, some sort of quick witted um, yeah. decision. We're like, oh, but I thought about it. But like for like two seconds yeah. and um, yeah. It's yeah th- these pitfalls seem are so obvious, yeah. but <laughs> well, I think that even if you're th- listening to this right now, like you could remember these pitfalls and, and write them down, but like, you know, the unwillingness to actually think about it, to pray about it, to talk about it. Number th- three, to take advice, uh, unwillingness to suspect oneself, to actually also pray to God, like, God, will you reveal the motives of my heart? Am I mm-hmm. making this decision out of greed, out of selfishness, out of fear? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not as spiritual as saying a prayer and then driving and seeing the, you know, a sign for a house for sale and then saying, obviously, this is the one that God wants me. This is like a, a, a yeah. mature way of thinking. So. Yeah, the, the fifth one, am I making this decision because someone thinks I should make this decision? Mm. I think as we become older, like for me, kind of where I am now, it's kind of like, am I making this decision because my parents think this is a good decision for me to make? Or making this decision because I know that this is what the Lord would have me do. You know, that I think that one's huge, too. Mm-hmm. And and I think, too, just the, the entire kind of chapter is just like you said, Amanda, at the, at the onset of this, kind of an expectation management that a lot of young Christians come in and they think, okay, now that I'm saved and I'm indwelt by the Holy Spirit, I think that I know how mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is going to prompt me in my life. And it's not based off the scriptures and mature thinking. It's just based off of almost a Hollywood, ex, ex, you know, kind of everything's written in the stars mindset. And I think that um, these are these are great reminders of that. Also, just that, you know, he has a, a, a section, no simple answers, but just the part of, once again, just in, in life learning, like, that there is a process in, in, in decision-making, and also that, you know, all of this rests underneath God's sovereignty. So we hope that this chapter... The conversation about it was helpful to you. There's certainly a lot of stones left unturned, but just a helpful reminder to you and that, you know, part of knowing God and God's guidance is how he guides us in growing us and sanctifying us and maturing our thinking. So we'll tune in with you guys in chapter 21. 